At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. the nightcap here on VEASAN. That was uh, that was great to have Bert Emanuel on reminisce uh, old times. Thanks to my guy, man. I appreciate that. Was that was really cool. Stayed up late for us. 9.30 his time yeah. on a Friday. And now I got to follow that up? Well, you have Bert Emanuel on for two seconds, then you guys have me but on? But you are the Dave Ross. Well, and Dave Ross has done about 15 shows today, so, you know, we yeah. figured he's sun up to sun down. Let's yeah. We're about to keep him for the next two hours. He <laughs> doesn't know it yet. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, we've got wild card or divisional round weekend coming up. Uh, by the way, my sweat here in the second you're half. You're fine. We're working yeah. there. We're working yeah, our way fine. back. Do you like to talk about it, or is that kind of like no, yeah, We'll talk yeah, about okay. it. Talk. He's but, gonna yell, scream. I mean, no, like some people that like don't like to talk about what they had because they feel like it's a jinx, even though that don't they don't exist. Bro, have you have you watched the game with him that he's wagered on? I have. Oh my gosh, they're entertaining. I actually start putting a first aid kit in my car because <laughs> I'm like, one day Tim gonna hyperventilate. <laughs> like, he's just gonna pass out. You know, right. you, today's been today's <laughs> been a good day, so you know I'm uh, I'm okay here. If we could get this, to be a cherry on top. To uh, it's, it's, we got time. And when never in doubt, Wisconsin's gonna, you know, Michigan State. Oh, don't look, don't watch. Yeah, let's talk UFC. Yeah. So I'll be honest, and and you know, I always love talking. I love talking sports that I don't know very well, but people are passionate about. And you are so passionate about the UFC. Mm. And I was, I mentioned earlier in the show, I was doing my, you know, homework today, and I knew it was Cyril Gane and, and Naganu, and I knew it was heavyweight fight, and then I start digging in a little bit. And I'm like, this is like a WWE storyline. I'm like, okay, first off, Dana White hates Francis Ngannou. Hates him. Francis Ngannou does not like Dana White. Not, There's no. one fight left in his contract. That's it. So he could leave. Oh, you'll get into it. So mm-hmm. there's the thought that if he wins, he could roll out with the belt in hand. So you got that storyline. Then we've got this, this awesome heavyweight that he's fighting in Serial Gan, who is his sparring partner in Paris. They were boys. They were buddies. They had the same trainer. Mm-hmm. Naganu leaves, goes to Vegas. The trainer and Naganu now don't like each other. And now the trainer is in the corner for I mean, it's like Rocky, WWE. It's awesome. It is phenomenal. <laughs> and oh, by the way, it's a heavyweight fight, and these dudes are gonna pound on each other. And I went back and watched 
uh, just replay of the of the last Naganu fight because he hasn't fought in a long time. No, right. <laughs> I mean, he just obliterated Miocic. Yeah, I mean, he, he, obliterated he's him. He's big, long. He looks like he's... Hits he, hard with both hands. I mean, he looks like he's chiseled out of, like, uh, you know, he was like stone sculpture that they just chiseled out. Like, everything about him. He's enormous. He's got ginormous arms. I mean, he's yeah. like the picture-perfect fighter. So... I don't know where to go with this. Well, we let can me, start let me, there. Let me, the storylines, right because I just, you know, we got the we got the Packers going on Saturday can, can night. I, can I ask? Can I ask a, a question that I think everyone wants the answer to? Which side should we bet? Because I've asked probably about twelve people mm-hmm. that really, really are you FC like fanatics? Yes, and it's about six six. Well, it, it really depends, Sean, on which fighter you like, because this line's going to move. Okay, so uh, three weeks ago when this line was out, Cyril Gaon, that was the time to get him. This fight opened up about a month ago here at Circa. You could get about Pickham, minus 105. Then it went to, like, minus 110. And then as we get closer and closer, because the UFC took three weeks off to go through Christmas and New Year's, right? And then when they came back, that was the first big fight. Oh, my goodness, Cyril Gaon, Francis Ngannou, heavyweight titles on the fight. And then all of a sudden, it jumped up as high as minus 150. For the Frenchman, Cyril Gaon. Okay? And you can understand why. Minus 155 right now. There you go. Yeah. So, I think there's going to be late money that comes in tomorrow from all the people I've talked to. And, again, I hope everybody watches First Strike, uh, listens to the, the pod that we have, all of that, all week long. That the late money is going to come in on the Predator. And we expect this number to come down tomorrow. So, if you're a backer of Nganu, get it now. If you're a backer of Gaon, hold and wait, and tomorrow this number should come down a little bit closer. You would think maybe the Frenchmen are around minus 130, maybe maybe even as low as you shop around about minus 125. Look, what, what worries me, that the, the handicap doesn't change. The number's going to change, but the handicap's not. And this is very simple to me. And from all the experts and the sharps that I've talked to all week, you do have some people that are on different sides of this. And it's where do you think this fight, how long do you think this fight's going to go? If this fight goes over right now and here, it's circa over under, two and that's and two and a half, okay? Plus if you like the over, yep. okay, you like then you like Cyril Gaon. If you like the under, which I kind of like, you're on to the side of the Predator. But in order for me to get that under, I can't just have one-way action in my mind. i got to figure out, do I have pathways for either one of these guys to get it done inside of two and a half rounds? Absolutely I do. Because Francis, is he knows he can't win a decision. He knows he can't extend this fight. See, he's going to come out in those first couple rounds because they do know each other, because they did train together in France, and he's going to try to dominate early Cyril Gaon. The rumor is he knocked out Gaon in sparring with a head kick years ago. That was all kept under wraps until this week. Hmm. And then that information comes out, and you go, well, that doesn't seem relevant now. Well, it was relevant, relevant enough that Francis wanted to make sure that that point got out to start playing the mental warfare with Gaon. That everybody thinks you're the big bad guy. No, no, no. I, I know who you are. And you know who you are, and you know what happened when we sparred against each other back in the day. Yeah. So he thinks that still uh, resonates today. If you saw the weigh-in today, Ngannou was about eight pounds lighter than what he normally fights. And you go, well, that's not a big deal. 265. 257? You mentioned chiseled? Oh, my God. He looks amazing <laughs> in Ghana. Yeah. And he's still the big underdog. Or the big, you, you can't believe the baddest man on the planet is still a sizable underdog here. So to me... He did that to stay light on his feet because Cyril Gaon is a, is a guy that is maybe the most fluid big man we've ever seen in the octagon. Now, I saw Cyril Gaon completely frustrate the guy Derek, Derek Lewis. Lewis in the last fight the to beast, the point baby. where Derek Lewis pretty much just said, okay, I'm going to count this was on a loss. Yes. You frustrated him to that point. 
is Ngannia capable? I know in boxing it's about yeah. cutting the ring off when you with the guy that's more skill, has better movement. If Gagne tries to say, okay, I'm going to get the fight to the third round before I engage. No, he can't. He can't win that way. Uh, I don't think Ngannou can win that way. I think No, he, I mean Gagne. Oh, yeah. Cyril, Cyril Gagne. Right. Cyril Gagne can absolutely play that style. Right. Gagne, I know you're getting Ngannou's Ngannou. Right, yeah, right. right. Yeah. But, but Cyril Gagne, to your point, I really think that's going to be his his apparatus. It's kind of maybe that first round feel him out. He's not going to, in, in the Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis Francis Ngannou fight, it's one of the worst three-round fights I've ever seen. Right. Because it was two guys countering. And nobody led, right? So it was a dance, and we never got started. So it's one of the worst heavyweight champ- or heavyweight three-round fights I've ever seen. They gave it to Ngannou. I think he might have had 10 significant strikes and maybe five for Derek Lewis. It was awful, right? That's not going to happen here because Gan is he's so adept inside. It's going to be a bigger octagon out there in Anaheim. This isn't UFC Apex, right? Right. So he can use that lateral movement that he has, mm-hmm. and I think that will be his plan. Is for the first 10 minutes, his fight script is. Level change. I might not try to take down Ngannou, whose his takedown defense is a lot better than people think. They think he's just this big stiff. Well, that's not Ngannou, and he is even slimmer well, now. Well, he did that against Miocic, right? Did Miocic try to take him down, and he kind of fought first, him off. Right. The first fight, it worked for Stipe, remember? Right. And when he, he kind of got into that gas tank, and then he really coasted the rest of the way to an easy five-round de- decision. Second time, he couldn't do it, Tim, to your point. And that's the – if you get that Francis Ngannou t- tomorrow night, that Stipe couldn't – hold and, and get down to the ground, then Cyril Gaon will get knocked out like all the others, including the great Stipe Miocic, who still might be the best heavyweight champion the UFC has ever seen. So there are so many moving parts as how this fight script will actually play out, but a longer fight absolutely favors Gaon. A shorter fight absolutely favors Gaon. So I want to get back to this fight on, on the back end of this because I really want to get into why Dana White and Francis yes. have issues. But is there any underdog on the rest of the card that you think is live? Absolutely. Davis and Figueredo in the co-main event. And look, nobody loves Brandon Moreno more than me. I was on the first fight, and it was a draw. And by the way, Figueredo would have won that first fight if it wasn't for an illegal strike. Guys get kicked in the Kanikis here. They said it was intentional, <laughs> so they took the point away, and then it was a majority draw. The second time around, we all saw what Moreno did, and he became the first, you know, first Mexican-born champion in the UFC. And it was absolutely like I, I, I like a baby. I almost teared up just watching the emotion of Assassin Baby getting the belt put around him and talking to Joe Rogan, dreams come true, and all that stuff. But now you are carrying Mexico, and it's in Anaheim. He trains in, uh, he trains oh in uh, Tijuana, right? This is. Huge pressure now. So, again, you guys know boxing. You know the history of Mexican boxers and just that shield that they have, that armor. They wear it for the whole country. It's easier to do that as the hunter versus the hunted. So this is the first time that Brandon Moreno, now the expectations are, now you're the best. You're you're like you are now the new Demetrius Johnson, the new Mighty Mouse at 125 pounds, maybe one of the best we've ever seen. That's not who Brandon Moreno has been. So I think people have forgotten Figueredo and what happened before. Before a year ago, we were talking about Figueredo in that vein. That this is the best 125-er, mm-hmm. arguably, in the power that he puts into that 125-pound body. So to me, it's a real live dog. Figueredo, the weight cut's always been his issue. That did not appear to be an issue today. He was actually a pound under at 124. So, so remind me, and you know, we only got a minute here, but uh, remind me, the last time they fought wasn't Figueredo. Didn't he look awful at the terrible? Look dead. Yeah. So oh, how did he look today? Great. Okay. He looked fantastic. Look again. You walk around all week, right? You, you kind of can't eat what you want. Right. But he still looked big. Then he, all these fighters do look a little bit emaciated at the weigh-in, and they're going to rehydrate. 
But to make the weight the second time around, dead on the scale. Today, energy, boom, looking good, feeling good, Lewis, all of that. And that does play into a fighter's psyche, knowing that they have a much better weight cut. Fighters I talk to all the time, that's what they say. If the weight cut goes well during the week, feel good, play good, all those things, that matters for fighters. So we're going to keep, keep Dave for another segment. And I know a lot of you are like me, just casual UFC fans. So the fight on the undercard that he likes is Davison. That's D-E-I-V-E-S-O-N. Figueredo. F-I-G-U-E-I-R-E-D-O. Plus 165. Dog pound. Let's get together mm. and get Davison. And put it on your to Scrabble board, too, apparently, because now you have the full <laughs> spelling Tri- of it word. as well. <laughs> it is the nightcap here on Vison. <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check out current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights. Hey, there we go. There's a foul, so I'm talking about. I got to make this read, but I'm sweating out of bed here. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. There we go, Johnny Davis. I've never seen a mid-read update. Oh, I do it all the time. That's impressive. I do it all the time. I can't, I can't do that. Uh, that's Dave Ross. He's the UFC guru here on the network and the Cowboys family. These uniforms are hideous. They're so bad. They're bad. Oh Just make it. All right. Don't foul. So here we go. No, here's, the, foul. here's the situation. And yeah, Wisconsin is a team that doesn't give up. So they're definitely going to foul here. You need a turnover. Don't foul. Don't foul. You need a turnover. Uh, why are we fouling? I just... You're down 10 with 40 seconds to go. Okay. So, by the way, so for those who are just joining us, Wisconsin was down 16 at the half. They were laying five and a half in the second half. By the way, pre-flop, they were three and a half point favorite. Wow. And uh, I laid the five and a half, so I basically got them at plus 10 and a half for the game. It is now 84-74, but Wisconsin is refusing to, go to give up. Just, just end the game. You just made it 10. 
You've got alums but, that have bet you on the second half line. So look Gary at it, guard. Look Let's at go. it like this, Tim. You're on the right side of the number. Because if they trade layups for two free throws, it still ends at 10, long right. as Wisconsin. So my worry last. is here, Wisconsin misses a three. Just get the layup. No, they're uh, going for the layup. The layup. And one. Oh, my, oh my, oh my God. Oh, he called a foul. Oh, no, no, they called that a clean block. Oh, wow. So Michigan State. Just oh, oh he turned it over. Got a turnover. We got new life, Tim. He's going to shoot a three. Oh, Davidson's oh. going to pull. Oh, he's going to pull. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Foul him. Now they won't foul. Now you need him to foul. Michigan State could have just allowed oh, Wisconsin to have a wide open layup. Why and, are you trying? And they came help side and blocked the shot. Mm-hmm. I don't get it's why. Which, which, by the way, it probably should have been called a foul because it got him with the body. Then Michigan State turns it over, and my guy from Wisconsin is like, I'm going to be hero here and pull a three because it was, you know, as a 12 point. I don't get point. why 23 from Wisconsin stutter step and tried to dunk. If he just did, goes did he, and makes the I layup. He was going for the layup. He thought he was no, going he's, for the yeah, He's trying to dunk it and, and got smally whopped. Gross. All right, back to uh, back to UFC, uh, and let's get back to the main event. Yes, Nagan, uh, Naganu and uh, so can I tell the people what I'm what I'm gonna bet? Yes, go for it. So I'm going because I'm a novice UFC guy. I watch UFC. I have immense joy from watching UFC, but I'm not knowledgeable. Meaning I couldn't tell you the different champions and main contenders. But what I'm going to do for tomorrow's card is do a three way parlay. I'm going to put Davison Figueredo plus one sixty five with Francis and Ghana plus one thirty five and under two and a half rounds at minus one twenty five. I like sit back and watch. Like all those plays. And I will tell you this, I've tried to get my mother involved in mixed martial arts for about a decade. And when she sees nicknames like Davison Figueredo, who is the god of war against the assassin baby, Brandon Moreno, I understand it's not for everybody. Right. Like, see, I can't get my mom to get in on assassin baby against the God of War. Right. That's okay. a little tough. I would love to be called the God of War. I mean, I would bet on myself as an underdog that I was plus 155, and that was my nickname. Right. I mean, people seem to have forgotten that Davidson Figueredo is that guy. So I, I, I love Brandon Moreno, and I know a lot of the Sharps like Brandon Moreno. It's a big price tag delay. Again, once I saw the weigh-in today, I felt a lot better about hopping on that at plus 155 earlier in the week, like I did for Figueredo. I think that's a real live dog in that fight. And, and again, I, I can make a case for both these fights in the co-main and the main event to be unders. That fight is three and a half. I also like the under there. I think you could get a stoppage either way. But I do think we're going to see a war in that one. The Cyril Gon francis Ngannou fight, I think eventually it will go under the two and a half. It might start off a little bit slower because both men know the, the power of the other. Certainly Cyril Gon does. But at some point, Cyril Gon's going to wait in there. He's going to want to get close because his theory is I got to wear him down. Mm-hmm. And when you get close with Francis Ngannou, that's where trouble can happen. Talking to Dave Ross, check out First Strike. Uh, that is our UFC show uh, where we can get it, where all podcasts are. Mm-hmm. YouTube as well? Yes, sir. All right. So check it out. Uh, get yourself ready for UFC 270 in Anaheim tomorrow night. So we mentioned it. Let's get to the bad blood yep. situation. Dana White and Francis Ngannou do not get along. And it's been a kind of a bizarre buildup because it's the head. It, it, it's it, It's the... Main event of a pay-per-view. Yeah. And Dana White is trash-talking one of the the, the, the title holder, the, the belt holder in Francis Agano. He used to do this with Tyron Woodley 
when Tyron Woodley was the 170-pound champion, which was bizarre. Like, you're, you're kind of discrediting your own champion, right? Like, this guy doesn't want to fight anymore. He wants to be TMZ. What happens with Dana White is he believes that if I help make you who you are and say whatever you want about T. Wood and Francis Ngannou, it is true that without the exposure of the UFC, Francis Ngannou wouldn't be talking about super fights with heavyweight boxers. Mm -hmm. But now the script is out. And when Conor McGregor did that with Floyd Money Mayweather, but four years ago now, mm -hmm. that's when the cat got out of the bag. And people went, wait, they got paid what? And so a lot of these guys, like Francis Ngannou, who's known for striking, says, oh, Anthony Joshua? And you're going to pay me how much? Mm -hmm. I want to go do that. Now, Dana was so smart with Floyd that they cut a deal together, so Dana was in on the promotion. Right. Right? So everything worked. But he only really did it for Connor. Right. So it sounds like now Francis, who's got one fight left on his deal, and who has said, even though you have me under thumb for one more, if I win, I'm not going to fight anymore for the company. So it could be lawsuits that happen there. The caveat is if he loses to Cyril Gunn, he's released from his contract. But the problem with that for Francis, so people go, well, then why would he even try? He well, wants he, to beat Cyril Gunn. Correct. And also, he wants it to be, if I destroy Cyril Gunn, your UFC champion, Dana White, then I should get a legitimate boxing payday with, you name it, right? Tyson Fury. If Anthony I was him, I'd target Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, yeah. Anthony Joshua, whoever wants to get it, and you're going to pay me 30, 40 million guaranteed. Yeah. And I'm the UFC champion. I just showed you why I'm still the baddest man on the planet. Now I have leverage outside of the UFC. And, and let me make sure people know, not that I'm saying Deontay Wilder is an easy night because he is oh, no. probably the only person in the world could beat him was Tyson Fury. But I just think he's more one-dimensional than Fury. For a person to go into boxing and fight Fury, I mean, big guy can hold, can box, can move, can punch. Whereas Wilder's more, he's got dynamite in that right hand. But sure. other than that, he's not going to overwhelm you with skill in some of the other areas. So I think Nagano would have a better chance against the Deontay Wilder. Right, than yeah. he would against Tyson. And, and think about it, a Fury is almost like a gone in, in a way, where Fury That's doesn't mind bigger versions. Right, Longer making arms. it ugly, <laughs> elbows, right, yeah. kind of dirty, dirty boxing a little bit. That's what Cyril Gahn's going to want to do if he gets, if he finds himself in a clinch situation mm -hmm. with Francis Ngannou. The threat of the takedown, the level changes, those sort of things just kind of keep you off, off balance a little bit. That's what he'd like to do. So yeah, in a clean, pure boxing match, nobody in the UFC can stand with with Francis Ngannou, right. right? So that's the idea. They got to figure out. And Cyril Gahn does have the recipe to be able to do that to frustrate a guy like Ngannou and try to do those level changes and make you think about something else. In boxing, you don't have to think about anything else. It's a jab, it's a right hand over the top, and maybe a hook. So I, I just it begs the question, and maybe this is the WWE creeping into my mind here, but there's not going to be any funny business in your mind. Do you like I, I don't believe refereeing so. or no, no, no. scorecards or anything like that? The one thing that I always rest assured in with MMA, at least in the UFC, that I've witnessed through the years yeah. is that – it's bad blood. Dana doesn't pull punches. He's going to let you know if he likes you, if he doesn't like you, which I kind of respect, even though you kind of think that's kind of your employee, which seems like an odd <laughs> right. thing to do. But that's just the way he conducts business. And then you guys get to go settle it. I remember I had Robert Whitaker, who's going to fight, by the way, against Israel Adesanya in a rematch for the belt at 185 pounds. And I remember having Robert Whitaker in, and I was asking him about Conor McGregor and all the stuff he was going on with Abib Nurmagomedov and all the bad blood. And he goes, yeah, I can't do the Australian accent, but he's like, mate, this is the beautiful thing about the sport. You get to settle it in the octagon. Like these guys, they look at it like, talk all you want, but they're going to lock the door and the cage is going to shut and it's going to be you and me and a third person in the octagon. Then we get down to business. That's the way it's going to be tomorrow night in, in, in Anaheim. So I look at all the exterior stuff. I worry about it for Francis where his head's at, right. but I can clearly tell 
there is nobody he would love to stick it to more besides Cyril Gaon, it's Dana White. So if he gets that win tomorrow night, the first person he's going to look at outside of that octagon is going to be Dana White. And that's where the show could ensue. Now, that, what, what time does the card start tomorrow? Uh, our time, I believe, the pay-per-view is going to start. It doesn't interact with football, does it? It should be wrapping up the Packer game. Okay. Which we're, talking about. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be wrapping that up, and I'm going to be turning to right after the Packers right. are done into that. Uh, Let's into try and that figure night. out, Tim, when I need to start hydrating. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first, well, the first football game starts. Uh, nah, nah, you can't start at the beginning of the first game. No, just saying. It's no. too early. Yeah, yeah you won't make it. Plus, with UFC. So, real quickly. Yes, sir. So you're on the dog. Yep. Figueredo. Yes, sir. Main event. I'm, I'm going to take the under two and a half. Under two and a half. But my lean is where Sean is. But your favorite play of the main event is, is Figueredo. No, it's, oh, it's Figueredo. The under. But under in the main event. Two and a half rounds. Yes, sir. Check out First Strike YouTube, where you get your podcast. Dave Ross, he's the best. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. He scares me. <laughs> This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen. On your schedule, go to vcin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander. Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. We've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the nightcap here on vcin. Been a busy show so far. Thanks to Dave Ross for stopping by. Always great to get his insight on UFC and a big one tomorrow night in UFC 270 in Anaheim. And uh, he likes the under in the main event. That is his favorite play of the Gan and Ganu fight. So under two and a half. And then his favorite play of the UFC 270 card is in the co-main event. He likes Figueredo to uh, exact some revenge plus 165 is his favorite play of the card. You can get that. Uh, pretty widely available here in Las Vegas at plus 165. So he likes the dog in the co-main event, uh, Davison Figueredo. That that fight should happen around right pretty much as as the Packer game is wrapping up. So uh, you'll have uh, a lot going on. on we'll uh, hope to see Aaron Rodgers in victory formation. That would be nice. I mean, hopefully we could just flip it on over. We don't even need to worry. Nice four, little fourth quarter rocking chair victory. 31-21 type game. Does that get us over that number? It does get yeah. us over the uh, the total, gets yeah. us over the spread. I'll take that. Um, so we uh, we do this every week. We have ourselves a bankroll and get $1,000 to work with. We've been doing this all year long. We've been keeping tabs on, on where we stand. One's in the black, one's in the red. You know, no big deal. And uh, what do you got going for this weekend there, Sean? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real simple, cut and dry, easy. Never in doubt, three-team parlay. Chiefs, big kings, best bet of the week. I'll have a rather large wager on Chiefs minus two. I love Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in this spot. But for the sake of the parlay, I'm going to take the Chiefs on the money line. 
I love the Titans getting Derrick Henry back at home. Ryan Tannehill in basically the third cycle of his maturation as a playoff quarterback. And, of course, no one's going to Lambeau and beating the Packers. I don't know if the Packers are going to cover that number or not, but I do know they're going to win the game. So, listen, all of the boy bankroll going on this money line parlay, baby, 29-66. Get me out of the red, into the black. Make me and you happy as we get to the window and cash. Eh, let's call it one ticket. There you go. All on a money line parlay. Three of the four favorites, not including. Not including. Not uh, including your yeah. former team, a team that you have a piece of jewelry from. That's right. So, I, so read I'm in not, between the lines. So my thing is, I think the Rams are the only live dog. The only dog that I think, if you played the game five times, they could win the game three of those five. But I'm not going to bet against Brady. But I don't love the Bucks without Fournette, without God. Well, they got Fournette. Antonio, but listen, with a hamstring for an older running back, I, I, I believe they have Fournette after the fourth carry, and he's opened up on the first four. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think just because of who he is and what he uh, assisted in providing last year, they're going to roll him out there and see. And if he can't go, he can't go. But I'm telling you, I've dealt with hamstrings. I've seen a lot of other guys dealt with hamstrings. You don't get older and deal with a hamstring better. So I, I'm, I'm weary uh, of the four nets available part. So Sean's bankroll. But I'm not going to bet against Brady at home. Sean's bankroll starts tomorrow. Titans money line. Packers money line. But never in doubt parlay. Chiefs money line. Three-leg parlay. And listen, let Looks me be like adamant about this. Hold on before you get to yours. Yes. Don't let anyone talk you out of this. <laughs> okay? Sometimes when you're getting blessed with this information, just follow it. Don't let anyone talk you out of it. You can change the amounts, do whatever you want. Well, we get a thousand every week for our bankroll, so that's what that wager is. Just push play. Just go to the window. Uh, excuse me. Uh, this is my first time wagering. I'd like to do a, a three-team parlay. Uh, yeah, and the and usually when I just want to mimic Sean's bankroll, <laughs> they might not even usually you might not even need to say anything else. They might be like, okay, you're rolling with Big King. Let's do it. And you go Chiefs money line, Titans money line, Packers money line. Let's go. By the way, I just I love the thought of someone going up. This is my first wager, and I want a three-team parlay. And bookmakers go, wonderful. I will take your action. Money line parlay. <laughs> We're gonna get that little. Well, twenty-nine. Oh, yeah, three grand. We pick up that little three grand. There you go, yeah. and it would get you in uh, in great shape. You could think you go fill up the car. You get your oil change. Take your wife or your husband, whoever it is, betting out to a nice little dinner next week. Put away a little bit. Hey. All right. There it is. That's Sean's. Ours is are going to be similar. Uh, mine is, and I talked about it yesterday on the show, Packers Titans. You got to have an app to make this. Didn't play. include the Chiefs. Moneyline parlay. That is plus 120. Uh, the Packers, last check, minus 240 on the, uh, the Moneyline. Titans minus 180. I will uh, put the majority of my bankroll on this money line parlay, which is uh, which is rare, as uh, if anyone's been following us <laughs> over the year, I usually have a, a couple more, but 780 of my thousand on Packers Titans money line parlay that'll bring back 936 bucks. Uh, just in case something hits the fan in that money line parlay, I do have a couple other smaller plays just uh, to keep things interesting. Uh, CJ Uzma, Uzma. Uzama, I think it's Uzama, the tight end for the Bengals. He has yeah. become 
one of Joe Burrow's favorite targets. And my hunch is, Sean, with that struggling offensive line in Cincinnati, I know they looked good against a, a burned-out, exhausted Raiders defensive front. This is a Titans front that's going to be fresh, ready to get after Joe Burrow. Uzama, over three and a half receptions. I think there will be some quick passes to him. Uh, so I'll do put 110 to win 100 uh, on CJ Uzama. And then in the nightcap, Patrick Mahomes over 25 and a half rushing yards. This is the I don't, Brad yeah. Evans special. I'd not just put the whole thousand I thought about on it. the Packers and Titans. I like, thought about it. Okay, let's just say you lose the Packers Titans, which I'm definitely not pulling for that to happen because that would mean I, I, I know, lost. You lose too. Right. I mean, what does the the hundred it just it, Alleviates the blow a little bit more. But if you write, be all the way right on Packers Titans. You're the one last week who told me, why would you take Raiders plus seven and a half in a parlay? Why don't you just put them on the money line? You know why I took Raiders seven and a half on a a plus money parlay that hit? It's because they lost by seven. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. (laughs) I just, you know, look, reason, I'm, I'm keeping things interesting. We I'm are keeping doing it simple. We are doing a a TV slash radio show. I don't. I want to keep things interesting. I have smaller play. Look, I said it yesterday on the show. Packers Titans money line parlay is my favorite play of the of the weekend. It's my biggest play of the weekend. But I will have Uzma uh, Uzama. I made that play just before the show. You saw me put the ticket uh, away on my way in. I will have Patrick Mahomes over rushing yards. So. If I'm going to have those plays, I'll put a little on my bankroll. Just I got a, a question bit. for you. Uh, the Tampa Rams game is what right now on the line? Three. Three. Most, uh, there might be a two and a half out there. If you were going to tease that game. I would tease Rams up. Rams up? Oh, yeah. Not Bucks to plus three. I would never tease through zero. Okay. Because you're wasting a number at zero. Well, I, again, I, again, I wouldn't personally again, do that. You know why I'm asking. Because yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. to add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Just like my Tennessee I, Not with Tennessee, just like my Buffalo last week. Because for me, I think the Rams are very live in this spot. I do too. So I think putting them up to eight and a half is is interesting. And you get through seven, right? Yeah, you get through three, you get through seven. Uh, right now it's sitting at three, so you get it up to nine, which, you know, it's not the, the, the typical teaser. You know, the interesting thing is Buffalo will be a very popular teaser because they are actually sitting at that prime spot, one and a half, two, it's a very high total, and I think this game has so many different possibilities. I think it could be a three-point game one way or the other. I think it could be a, I don't know, blowout, but I think it could be a 14-point game one hey. way or the other. And I know you love the Chiefs. Big I'm not going to put that juju out there. Best bet of the weekend. All right, so why? Kansas, because people have forgotten. I agree. I, I, I'm. I am with you. I, Who I just, was the Bucks' opponent last year in the Super Bowl? It wasn't uh, Buffalo. Kansas City Chiefs. It was Kansas City Chiefs. Like, the team that Buffalo beat in Arrowhead early in the year is not even remotely the same team that exists now in that home locker room. Like, one of the most intelligent, high football IQ crowds in the game of football. They know when to be loud. They'll make it difficult. I do expect Josh Allen to have his moments, but I think an improved Kansas City defense with – a motivated Patrick Mahomes, you know, not one that's just out there, uh, we're going to win. You know, I can fool around. I'm just, I, I love everything about this angle. I love Andy Reid in this spot. I think maybe Buffalo's riding just a little high. I agree. After beating a very average Patriots team from a talent standpoint, they go and get some big dogs. 
this weekend. I like Kansas City, Big King, best bet of the week. Take the Chiefs minus two. Sean's former team. Are they in some trouble come Sunday afternoon? We'll discuss Rams Buccaneers next right here on the Nightcap. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. It's never too early to start preparing for the big game. We want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, then on championship weekend. We'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make your plans now to join VSIN betting answers before, during, and after the action here on vsin.com. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Our guy Jared Smith will join us coming up at the top of the hour. In case you missed it earlier in the show, a tremendous walk down memory lane with Bert Emanuel. Uh, Sean and Bert, certainly uh, part of history in the NFL. And it will be talked about this weekend as the Rams and the Buccaneers play on Sunday. That will be the 22-year anniversary of the NFC Championship game in St. Louis very controversial call, the wrong call, hashtag it was a catch. Uh, Sean to Bert, all overturned, but it was great to have him on, reminisce, and talk about it. I want to talk about Rams and Buccaneers in just a moment, but where are we on our bets tonight? So we need a big third period from the Panthers. So uh, well, for the Puckshadamas parlay, we had – the Minnesota Wild on the puck line, which is plus 204. They won 5-1, to one, so they covered. Um, we have the Blues on the puck line, which is uh, plus 146. They're up 2-0, so just need them to win the third period. <clears throat> but we also have the Panthers on the puck line, plus 120, and they're actually down 1-0 at the end of the second. I'm trying to pull up the statistics. And see what's going on over here. But while you pull that up. Well, they both have 18 shots on goal. So it looks like offensively, you know, Florida's not doing much. One power play, no goals on the power play. So hopefully Florida comes out and puts it together. You know, they were minus 200 favorites in this game. So 
I mean, we'll see. They're capable of scoring in bunches, so hopefully they get it done. I think they're losing because we can't find the game on the TV, so I haven't been able to <laughs> visually support them. So while uh, while Dave Ross was in the studio, we were uh, we were breaking down uh, the keep Tim entertained bet of the night, which was Wisconsin minus five and a half in the second half against Michigan State. Michigan State came out like gangbusters, shot over fifty percent in the first half. Wisconsin shot just twenty seven percent. Michigan State led 42-26 at the half. So I laid five and a half in the second half. So basically what I did, I took Wisconsin plus 10 and a half mm-hmm. for the game. And as we talked about it on the show, it was 86-74. Wisconsin comes down. Chucky Hepburn has a wide open layup, takes too long. Malik Hall comes over, swats it away. May have hit him with the body. But then Joey Hauser turns the ball over and instead of going to do the cover play, which is just get an uncontested layup because no one's going to guard you, my man Bowman jacked up a three, clank, rebound <laughs> Michigan State. But here's what I'll say about this. As frustrated as I am, I have to remember, because if those were watching last night, Scott and I, we got in on some mid-game plays. We both took Gonzaga in the second half. That was an easy cover uh, against San Francisco. They ended up covering the full game number. And then we both took UCLA. I took UCLA minus five and a half against, who are they playing? Arizona. No, Utah, excuse me. Against Utah, second half. Mm-hmm. It was 61-57. Utah comes down. I needed UCLA to win by six. Okay. Utah puts up a three, misses. UCLA grabs the rebound with 1.8 seconds to go. Do one of these. Grab the arm of the UCLA guy. He I goes down, it. hits both free I throws. So you know what? What goes around comes around. It all evens out. I probably shouldn't have got that cover. Maybe I should have got this cover. Hey, that's gambling. So such is life. Bonnie's came home though today and the turp. So it's a good night. Overall, good night for your boy. But let's get to I was looking at tomorrow's uh NCAA basketball slate. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, I know. I guess okay. while you were talking, it, it it made it pop into my we mind. We got Auburn, Kentucky tomorrow, which will be tomorrow. I love Syracuse at Duke. Really? Yeah. Well, Travis, Keel, Travis Keels is Keels out. Is probably not going to play. Yep. You know, we already out struggle shooting. You almost Are we coming off sh- a loss. I'm not talking about to win. I mean, Duke's favored by eleven and a half. Yeah. Talking about to keep it close. Um, I want to get to this Rams, Buccaneers game. So once again. 22-year anniversary of Rams and Buccaneers meeting in the NFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. 11-6 was the final score. Mm -hmm. Right now, it feels like, Sean, the Rams are a very popular dog. And I understand it, right? The Buccaneers got a banged-up offensive line, missing missing some wide receivers, banged up running back situation. Ronald Jones officially ruled out today. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, by the way, ruled out for the Rams. That kind of flew under the radar. The offensive lineman? Yeah, the left tackle. He's been ruled out. Uh, Werfs, I believe he's going to give it a go on the right side there. Uh, um, You know, Aaron just told us game time decision. I saw some reporting that he looked like he wasn't limping at practice. I don't know. I mean, it's all gamesmanship right now. It feels like the Bucs are missing a lot of pieces. Rams coming in, riding high off of the thumping of the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But these are the spots, normally, Sean, where I like to buy low or sell high. 
it's Tom Brady, man. It, it, and I know we just went through a situation where it's Bill Belichick. He's an underdog. It's Nick Saban. He's an underdog. And, and both of those didn't come home, right? So, but it's still Tom Brady. And it's Matthew Stafford who just won his first ever playoff game. He's now going to go on the road, Sean, mm -hmm. and beat Tom Brady on the road. Is Matthew Stafford ready to do that? Or is the defense for the Rams just that good and can maybe overpower and get Tom Brady frustrated enough that could lead to this Rams victory? Well, here's what I think about the game. The Bucs defense played as good as they played all year, in my opinion, in the first half versus Philly. They were locked in. They were engaged. They were healthy for the first time all year. Like the guys, the 11 guys that are supposed to be on the field were on the field. Different animal coming in town with the Rams. I mean, Cooper Cup, you have to have a plan for it. Odell Beckham is proven that it wasn't him in Cleveland, that it was Baker. Uh, Cam Akers is back. He's running the ball at a high level. They still have Tyler Higby. Like, they've got pieces. And if Tampa was healthy, this would be my best bet. If they had Chris Godwin. Well, it Antonio wouldn't be two Brown, and a half. Right, whatever the line was. That's, they'd be my best bet. Okay. But just, you're really dependent on Tyler Johnson, Bashard Perriman, you know, I'm not saying that these guys, Scotty Miller, I'm not saying that they're not going to come through, but I'm just going to pass on the game. You know, because of the situation, I don't want to bet against Brady at home. I don't really want to put full trust in Matthew Stafford. At the same time, Tristan Wirfs, I don't know if he's healthy or he's not healthy. Like, I'm just going to watch this game as a fan and be completely, let's go Bucks and don't have to worry about anything else. And if they lose, I have a built-in excuse. For real, I have a built-in excuse. What's your excuse? How many teams could lose a Chris Godwin-level player, an Antonio Brown-level player, have a Leonard Fournette-level player not really Ronald be, Jones out. Ronald Jones is out. Tristan Wirfs, if he comes out there, his ankle going to look like Bruce Arians. You saw Bruce Arians' ankle on the sideline? Like, Lord, what is that? Like, that's what Tristan Wirfs' ankle going to look like. So, I mean, I mean, it's, it's not the team that started the year as the first or second choice, depending on where you got it, to repeat as Super Bowl champions. I mean, they've been decimated by injuries. There's, and Levante David doesn't look near 100%. And that's the thing with this Buccaneers team. Last year, they were they were getting healthy. I mean, look, the defense outside of Levante David is finally healthy. It hasn't been healthy And I wouldn't be surprised year. if they shut the Rams out. And they forced Stafford into turnovers. So would you look at the under in this game? No, because I wouldn't be surprised if it's a, sh it's a sh shootout at the OK Corral <laughs> either. You know, just because Dean has struggled against the Rams. I remember two years ago, they went to, you know, L.A. And, I mean, Dean never stopped getting, you know, ran by. So, I mean, I, I don't have a, a strong feel. I don't have a, a strong feel on the total. I don't have a strong feel on the side. I'm just literally going to watch this game. I have strong opinions in the other three. Yeah. But this game, because of the injury situation, I, I just, I'm going to pass. Because I feel like I would just be gambling. Like, when I make bets, no, but, but when I make bets, it's because, like, I really am willing to sit down and stay ten toes sure. down on my opinion. And I feel like that gives me the edge. In this game, it'd just be me gambling to gamble. Because I don't have a strong one. Yeah. I, I, if, I if I were forced to pick it, I guess I'd pick Tampa, 
It feels like the Rams are a bit of a trendy dog here, but I understand it. That defensive line going up against the banged up off. I mean, Jensen's banged up too at center. So we'll get Jared Smith's thoughts on this game and many more. Keep calling. They smeezy. He'll join us. Top of the hour. It's the nightcap on a Friday. One more hour to go right here on VEASAN. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare <laughs>